Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Can try absolutely you can try it guess guess whose name just goes the as they as they take that initiative and drive and that's a stretch because that goes mm-hmm. beyond their that goes beyond their job description beyond their role that they're required to do and it's mm-hmm. a stretch it's a zone of proximal development now, now you know they don't want to stretch themselves too far and you know mm-hmm. but but it's like do those things that are within your realm to do and do them the best dag burn way you can and then always, and then all of a sudden, I promise you, that name just moved on that list to say, who, who do we want to develop? Uh, this person has 14,000 ideas on how to improve their own area, and they become mm-hmm. the best at what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go get them. Yeah, and not only from like a stat sheet, but also from like an emotional part, you oh, yeah. literally just invested in a leader's emotional bank account, mm-hmm. um, and, and that sticks there. And so... And I can say this in, in your, you know, in your position and, and Rob's position too. Um, I always try to be very, very mindful of this, but like, you know, in the, in the, posi- like in the position that I'm in, in particular, um, as a director, when, if someone comes, I, I get enough problems. <laughs> there's, a, there's enough problems that come through. Solve that come my to problems. Head. You're the director. But then when someone, solve my problems, when, um, when can I solve it? Yesterday, uh, get it done today. Um, but when someone comes, when someone comes to me and they say, Hey, this is an issue, but then here's a solution to that issue. Mm-hmm. Here's my posed solution. What do you think of this? It's just like, I can feel my blood pressure drop because it's like, oh, yeah. this is a, like, it's a, ama- it's amazing that someone has taken the initiative to, to bring it to me, but then also pose a solution, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that they're, like I said, to be in that, that zone of proximal development. Now, are they, are they coming to me saying, Hey, I have an idea that's going to increase market share and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this, this and this. And it's like, no, no, that's, that's sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming for the person to where it's like they're, they're stretched so thin that they can't do anything. Yeah. So they come with an analysis. Yeah. So they come with an idea and say, yeah, I got an idea to improve patient experience. We're going to build a new hospital tomorrow and we're going to have, (laughs) we're going to have robots serving, serving people. And we're going to have, waterfall and this and this going to cost us 45 million dollars to build this <laughs> absolutely we'll do that tomorrow no 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 what's in your control that you will do okay here's the problem here's my five things i can control about it and this is what i'm going to do about it that, and here's a short it's, a, it's yes. it goes and it goes back to uh, listen i hope i'm not i hope i'm not like spinning in circles this but it, it goes back to my it goes back to my clinical work we have a treatment plan with each one of my patients, I, I develop a treatment plan. Sometimes mm-hmm. providers call them care plans. Right. Where are you now? Yep. What is baseline? Yep. Okay. If you have a GAD seven, which is a generalized anxiety disorder seven question questionnaire, and a mm-hmm. PHQ, a patient health health questionnaire that measures their depression levels. Right. If you're at a twenty two right now, within ninety days, I'm pretty sure that you're not gonna be able to get that sucker down to zero. <laughs> you know, so like it's it's a, it's a an agreement between the patient and I. Okay, 
over this 90 days, if you think that you can get this score from a, from a 22 to a 15, well, guess what? That's a smart goal. And I, and I urge the listeners to write this down, a smart, specific, measurable, attainable, mm-hmm. realistic, and time-sensitive goal. Mm. To say that, like, where, how are you going to move the needle just a little bit? Now, what, what is a smart goal that you, and then the patient and I agree on it. Okay, well, how often are we going to meet over this 90-day goal? That way, at the end, you can't come back to me and say, hey, you know, Zach's a, a crabby therapist. He don't know what he's talking about. Um, no, we, we, we agreed on this, that there's a daily intentional work that you have to put in on that as well. Right. Um, and I think that most of the time that, like, it's it's called – you know, it's called making the sausage. It's a, it's a term that I've I've kind of always used. It's like it's not very fun, but it's some sometimes it's things. It's the little bitty everyday things, the daily intentionality that you have to do that end up reaching a bigger goal. Oh, and it all goes in with the zone of proximal development as well. And so, if you're out there and you're you know wanting to get you're wanting to gain traction in your career, mm-hmm. um, ask what kind of ask what kind of opportunities that you can that you and your leader can can expound upon how can you how can you maximize that but not to a point to where it's stretching you too thin to where you become discombobulated and stressed and then that's not good for you or the people that you're providing the services for yep yep and and, and I, I'll, I will say exactly I'll, I'll share an example right now yeah. zach as as we start to button up and and we're we're, we're circling the landing pip uh, landing strip here going to land the plane soon but yeah. you know, um, you know, thinking about the spiritual aspect too, in your walk as a believer, right? In your walk as a Christian in, in the Christian faith, sitting in the pew absorbing the sermon is gonna, you know, but if you want to grow as a believer, I challenge you to do the maybe you're not gonna stand up on the stage and preach a sermon, and that's okay. Maybe you're not going to be in the worship team and you're not going to ever hold a title in the church. Fine. That's okay. What your growth, see growth in, 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 in the career is people see that as getting a bigger title. I see it mm-hmm. as creating more value mm-hmm. and in the kingdom of heaven. So titles are, titles are great. Fine. That's good. But that's not really what we're out after. And sure. so in the church as, as a believer, we're not after the, the pastoral title or the teacher title or the worship. No, no, no. If you can create kingdom value, find ways to have conversations with individuals in your casual everyday life. And, and that conversation may be uncomfortable for you the first time, mm-hmm. but share hope, share the gospel, share a prayer. It may, for many, many people, Zach, it's hard to just stop and say, hey, you know what, can I, can I pray for you? Is there something I can pray for you for today? And mm-hmm. that's a stretch. Do it. Do it. Because yeah. the next time it gets easier. You know, every Sunday at our at our church, we do we do outreach outside the church. You know, we, we, we have a our church is in the Save a Lot parking lot. We're in a church plant and we do what's called the buggy ministry at Save a Lot. And we have team members that go out and as people are putting their groceries in their car with the buggy there beside it. They go over and they say, hey, I can grab your buggy for you. By the way, we're going to have prayer later. Is there something I can pray about for you? 
Mm-hmm. And then it's like, heck yeah, you could take my buggy, <laughs> and <laughs> and you, wait, you're going to pray for me too, you know. Right, but right. those conversations are hard in the beginning, but but as you start stretching yourself one by one, it gets easier. It gets easier, and then you can have a more in, more deeper converse, a more deep conversation, right? Right. But right. but but don't start trying to break down the the it. The etymology of of, of fourteen thousand words in the Greek lexicon with the person. Right, right. You're well, not going to start there. You're going to start with, "Hey, my name is Jamie. Can I get your buggy for you?" Right. Something and and two like and so I'm you, the spiritual aspect is is always been very fascinating to me too. But now I'm, I'm going to try not to butcher this too. But like I think the the not what is it the nine gifts of the, the charismatic gifts or what like knowledge. Um, Increased faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, mm-hmm. discernment of spirits. Uh, was it kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues? Is that right? Yep. Am I cl- okay? So I was close, but so like if you, I would strongly suggest people to take a spiritual, um, like a spiritual gifts assessment to see which one that you specifically are, because you know um, the Bible says that we're we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of us don't don't. I'm not going to judge myself on what Jamie's doing, and Jamie shouldn't judge himself on what someone else is doing. Or so, yes. like we all have specific gifts that only that zone of proximal development can be um, practiced within. And so, I think that it's very important to understand like where you fit on that spectrum as well. I know that mine, like analytically, I'm great, but then like as far as like words of just probably knowledge. Uh, just words of probably knowledge, which is a spiritual gift that I'm, I'm just not gifted with, um, which I probably am a little bit. But, you know, I, I need, I, what I'm saying is I need to run my lane and focus what I'm good on it and climb in and climb in that hierarchy um, spiritually as opposed to trying to climb someone else's um, spiritual gift hierarchy. Because um, I'll just be fighting a losing battle. And what was it? Was it Albert Einstein said, if you judge a fish's ability to climb a tree, it's going to feel stupid its whole life, <laughs> you know? Um, yep. do what, do what you're good at and find what you're good at and increase knowledge and spirit within that realm as opposed yep. to somebody else's. Yeah. And you're, you're, if you're a leader, a Christian leader, it's your mm-hmm. objective not to create Christian robots that, that climb up this, this ladder of pyramid that you created. It is not mm-hmm. our, our prerogative as Christian spiritual leaders is to find the path help the person illuminate the gifts that God has given them. I'll give you some examples of that. We may have yeah. to break this up into two podcasts. That's okay. As long as you're going, as long as you're going, I'm good. I, I, the only thing I got to do this morning is drink coffee. <laughs> we still got, we still got gas in the plane here. So that's right. It, that's right. It, so, so, okay. You know, I, I love, I love that you said that Zach, because, mm-hmm. because so many times we try to, you know, we try to create, something that is that is meant to go a total different direction than what we're creating you're pouring more coffee i love it I, so, <laughs> um, I was thinking you couldn't hear me i'm sorry no no no, no. this is real guys that we're refilling the tank here we're both sipping on sipping on the joe as, right. as we go but but okay i'll give you a prime example there's a lady in our church and she may listen to this and susan if you listen you rock you're a rock star Susan, oh. I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Susan Lair is uh, is a, is a gifted individual. Susan mm-hmm. Lair will probably never never preach a sermon and never never be on the worship team, even though she could, right? But mm-hmm. but um, and that's fine. 
But Susan is really, really passionate about helping young women feel loved, cared for, and beautiful. She's mm-hmm. passionate about that. Super, uber mm-hmm. passionate about that. So we get at the church a huge donation from from just the like a I forget the source, but it was a huge donation of boxes and boxes of beauty supplies. So kudos to my wife and 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 Autumn, which is another leader at our church, for being spiritually aware of Susan's heart, right? And then also the gap in the community of women that are that are really in need and the resources available. So they, Autumn and Heather, was like, wow, we have a need, we have a resource, and we have somebody uber passionate about it. (gasps) Why don't we give her the tools and let her go? And Mm -hmm. we, we didn't have to put gas in that engine. There was already gas in that engine. All we had to do was give it the tools it needed, and she went, and she is, I mean, she has been reaching women across the county of Wayne, Kentucky, I mean, with, with these resources and sharing the love of Jesus. And we didn't have to train her to do it. It's in her to do it, right? Right. So it's right. helping her find the lane. Another example is a guy named Ronnie, right? Ronnie sat on the eighth row of one of the churches I pastored in the past, Zach. And, and Ronnie was a great human. He always met me at the door, shared an encouraging word with me. But Ronnie came to church and went home. Every day, every week, right? Mm-hmm. Came to church and went home. Wasn't really involved uh, in, in, in doing more. But, but there was one night after church, we were talking about a need in the community. And that was, I had shared some stats that night about hunger, right? Hunger. And I saw him light up, right? When we were having a conversation about hungry children, his mm-hmm. passion was overwhelming. His tears in his eyes of wanting to help these kids. Mm-hmm. And then, and then also, in the, he started talking about how that he he and his wife Linda are gifted in 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 food and like like food preparation, and they're trained. They're they're literally right. trained in food professional right. food prep. Right. And then I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a huge kitchen over here. We got two people that are formally trained and uber passionate, and we got a need. Uh oh. Turn these guys loose and let them go. So, right, right. so I was like, okay, Ronnie, listen, here's the resources we have Wednesday night. And they're still doing it every Wednesday night. It's been seven years later. They're, they have fed thousands and thousands of kids. And it wasn't like, you know how people volunteer for something? Like, I volunteered for something, blah, blah, blah. Got to go do it. Nope. That wasn't his his gifting. His passion was that. He'll never preach a sermon. He'll never pastor a church. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. he's operating in his gifting, his his mm-hmm. his pathway in in spiritual progress doesn't look like someone else's, and that is okay. So mm-hmm. I said all that to say this: your job as a leader is to identify the passion and gifting. You want to find somebody's gifting, find their passion. That's where mm-hmm. their gifting is, and then turn them loose and let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's and that is so true on so many fronts because like. You know, from a leadership perspective, I really do think that like it is your it is your job too to surround people with your surround people that one are different than you, but then also like from that spiritual perspective, um, having the humility enough to say, well, they, they may be better than I am. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, and so, and and I, I've kind of mentioned it once this 
but uh, in the podcast, but Rob, like being my new direct report, um, or I'm directly reporting to Rob. Um, he, he is he is so he has this, such an attention to detail, but of of different things in like very um, you know very prescriptive in in like Excel formats and teaching me. And so there's little things that I've gleaned off of him that I'm not naturally good at um, that have helped me that have helped me tremendously in my career, right. you know. Yep. Um, and something else that I and, and to like a lot of a lot of people that know personally, like they, you know, know me personally. My brother is a radiologist. Um, everybody knows that radiologists are it's one of the top it's one of the top competitive specialties to be in, in medicine. And you, you have to be really, really smart and have a specific mindset you've probably dealt with radiologists they're just you know they're, they're just you they stick out differently yep. as opposed to um, anybody else not in a good way or a bad way but they're just different yep. and you know a lot of people in my family have been like oh well you know friend of this but like if i compare myself to that i'm never going to be able if i'm always wishing that i was something else wishing that i was making more money wishing this and this all are not bad things to to want to make more money uh, but if you're always wishing that you're never going to be able to really do what you're called to do and to live, to live and to run your lane, mm, you know? Yep, yep. Um, and I, and I think that that's an important, that's, that's something important that I think that our society has to deal with too. Um, so that it don't veer, it doesn't veer us off of our spiritual path. Um, you have a specific lane that you're supposed to run. Um, everybody else has a specific lane that they're supposed to run and no one can be you better than you can be you. Yeah. So, um, and God made it that way. Um, yeah, that's, that's just to expound on that because, you know, there may be people that um, there may be people in your church that have been given a specific spiritual gift to do. Uh, it could be it could be, you know, I don't know, cleaning the church, mm-hmm. but be the best cleaner that be the best, absolute best cleaner that you possibly can be. Yep. Do it. Do it unto the Lord and do it the the best that is worship. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that is, yes. that is worship. And yes. that's operating within that zone, you know, and it doesn't, yes. it doesn't always have to be big to yep. be, it doesn't always have to be big, something big, extravagant. Most of the times it's, it's more oftentimes the simpler things. Yeah. And, and Zach, I want to, I want to bounce off what you just said about, about the folks cleaning the church. For example, mm-hmm. there was a, I was talking to one of our, our cleaners one time, uh, one of the churches I pastored in the past and, she was discouraged, right? Undervalued, underappreciated, and and discouraged. And and I sat down on I, it was it was it was it was a small group of us at the church, and and, and we're, different ones were milling around. And I sat down mm-hmm. on the pew and just had a conversation with them. <clears throat> and so I was look I looked around the church and I, I asked them a question. I said, "A lot of things happen in this church every week, and and where where in this church will you feel?" Are the are the most important interactions between God, the Holy Spirit, and the people who are here? Where does it happen? And they said, "Well, the the seat they're sitting in, and 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 the the altar." And and I said, "Okay, okay." So she had a vacuum cleaner sitting in the seat where she was just scrubbing scrubbing the seats that they were sitting in, mm-hmm. and then she had just picked up a bunch of tissues and different things out of the altar. And was was shining up, you know, kind of the altar area. Yeah. And I said, so you just told me that 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 the the most the deepest, most intimate, most important interactions between the Creator of the universe and a soul that's going to live eternity somewhere happens 
in the place that you prepare. Mm-hmm. So you, you are not just a janitor. You, you are preparing the place where God will meet with people that will change the rest of their life. So that, my friend, is a great opportunity. And so you don't, you're, you know, you, you, it, it, it's, it's framing the work and knowing the value that you're adding and where, where it is, whether it's on the, see, we, we in the world, Christian world, work world, wherever it is, you got an 80 year old guy. Let's move it to the physical piece. You got an 80 year old guy who runs. Well, I can a, go as long as you want me to. <laughs> you got an 80, 81 year old guy, right? Who runs a marathon and he may run that marathon in five hours. Fine. Mm-hmm. That's good for him. Celebrate that, right? So it is it is literally, guys, it's framing that work to know this is where this is where I am and that is okay. But I'm moving forward with the with the perspective that I'm stretching myself to become a little bit better every day at what mm-hmm. I'm doing. It's that and, progressive and work. Progressive work, it doesn't matter where you are. And it, like and, you know, I just the first thing that I think of is Romans eight twenty eight, and we know, yeah. uh, and we know that for those who love who love God, all things work together for good. Yeah. And for those who are called according to His purpose, purpose. each one of us have purpose, and we can't be living someone else's purpose. Yeah. And I, I I could go for days, but I think about this sometimes as well. You know, um, when when you're talking about like the first thing that comes up for whatever reason on the imagery piece of Romans eight twenty eight is the the piece of um like skilled like uh what what am i trying to think of here i kind of lost my uh it's the uh like the skilled labor positions yeah meaning that like you know it was kind of frowned upon for whatever reason in high school like the vocational school um but then you know like vocational school like things like carpentry Mm -hmm. plumbing electrician things like that um you know that like we in our society we are the ones that primarily lean upon um you know, things like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, on services like that. And like, you know, I just think back to high school sometimes like there's, as I've gotten older, I think I gave you the analogy one time of the lawnmower. Um, I really wish that I would have focused more on stuff like that because I think that there is a spiritual gift, um, that, that I kind of, that kind of interests me of like carpentry work or arts or plumbing or, or things, trade jobs is what I was looking for earlier. For whatever reason, our society has said you have to go get a degree and you have to go to school. All those things are good, but that's not absolutely the truth for everybody. You know, um, God might have given you a spiritual gift as as being an electrician or having your own HVAC company or so on and so forth. It could be <clears throat> phenomenal and uh, you could be phenomenal at that. And I think that a lot of that, a lot of it goes into the the just the awareness piece of realizing where you are, mm-hmm. realizing what you're good at, what your spiritual gifts are, and within that zone of proximal development, expounding upon your gifts to where you're continuously growing and getting better. Mm. Um, and so I and I always go back to that, the trade job sometimes. I'm like, yeah. well, who's, I mean, who said that I had to go? I'm very glad that I did. I went and got a doctorate. <laughs> Someone sure. coming from, said they got a doctorate degree that says sometimes I wish I would have done trade work. <laughs> um, you know, that, but there's, there is truth to that. Yeah. There, there is truth to that to say that, you know, in our society, I think that if you're, if you're okay and you're with God and you're understanding the spiritual gifts that you have, um, there is such such value in absolutely everything, but I think it's important to realize where you fit on that spectrum and then expound upon that. 
You nailed it, man. That's that's such a good such a good uh, uh, a way of putting that right. That yeah. that you know I love that segue between the the workforce and the spiritual world. Right, that's a perfect yeah. relation re- relatable. So there's two people in the Bible by the name of Bezalel and Oholiab. When you think of people in the Bible, you don't think of Bez, Bezalel. Bezalel. You're gonna have to. And you're gonna have to explica me on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna explica you in a second. But the thing is, is if I ask you, if I ask anybody, who do you think of when you think of Bible characters? Moses, Noah, David, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, John, Jesus, yeah, Paul. Those dudes. Well, those guys were the writers and the speakers and the prophets and the and the you know and, and but okay. Bezalel and Aholiab and his Exodus 31. Check it out sometime. I'm Googling God, it right <laughs> God called these two individuals by name. He called them by name and appointed them as craftsmen to build the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, they had giftings of carpenters and craftsmanship and tradesmen. And mm-hmm. God said, hey, no, Moses, I need you uh I need you, Joshua. Whoa, Bezalel and Aholiab, I need you too. And the diversity in the work of God. So these guys literally crafted the place where God would inhabit and lead the people through mm-hmm. uh, uh, through through all the way to Canaan land. And these two dudes, unknown, they're the unknown uh, characters in the story of Moses and the crossing. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful story. Well, it, it, go, it goes to football too. Who's going to like, you know, there's offensive tackles that got drafted in the first round of the, of the NFL draft this past week. Like who's going to do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Who's going to, who's going to do the work that, that you're specifically and wonderfully made for. Um, it's, it, it's, it blows my mind sometimes that literally, you know, my grandpa used to say that every answer to life is within the Bible, and it it really is. If you if you're just looking for mm-hmm. it, there are so many different parallels and different things that can be had that can be applicable to your life today. But that that's perfect. So who's it's who's going to build it? Who's going to be? I mean, like the, I look at things all the time at work, and like, well, I can't do that. I don't have the ability to do that. But then there's people that I can rely on that can do it. Mm-hmm. Bingo. That's uh, that's good stuff. That's, that's really good. I actually pulled it up right there, Exodus 31. I'll read that. <laughs> those are We're actually in a sermon series right now called The Backroads of the Bible. We're covering some yeah. of those characters that yeah. we'd never heard of before and, uh-huh. and, and the value they add to the kingdom story and how that we, we need to understand that there's, there's untold stories among us. Right. Mm-hmm. Of, of individuals that have, you know, and, and, and back to the zone of proximal development here, Bezalel mm-hmm. and, and Holyab, they'd never built an ark before. They'd never built a tabernacle mm-hmm. before. This mm-hmm. was absolutely in their zone of proximal development. But God mm-hmm. had given them the gifting that they needed to do the thing that needed to be done. And, and that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of this of this whole of this whole story is that is that God, God will stretch us. He mm-hmm. will stretch us. He he stretched the Apostle Paul in the Philippian jail. 
he stretched David in in the, with the giant. He stretched the Hebrew the Hebrew children with the fire. God always stretched his little people. Always. He never, ever, ever in the book of Acts, you'll find that every every phase of the church, as the church grew, as the church expanded, as the church grew, he stretched them each time to be to to you know lean not to their own understanding, to not trust their own way and their own mind, but to stretch themselves a little bit farther than what they thought they could go. And and that that time under tension helped them to grow and develop their faith to think it not strange, the thing which is to try them. So, Mm -hmm. um, man, this has been a rich conversation, Zach. Um, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of circling the landing pad here. What, 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 what summation thoughts would you share with the listeners? And we're going to break, this'll be, this'll be episode two (laughs) of, uh, the doctors. It always is. I apologize. Don't apologize for good golden content, sir. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, let's let, let's kind of you know uh, grab some some nuggets of closing statements here, and uh, and uh, you know, and and if that bounces over into further conversation, fine, we'll mm-hmm. go with yeah. it. Yeah, um, I think that it's. I think the first thing is is the spiritual piece of like, you know, being okay with God with who God made you that you were. Um, like I said a second ago, um, no one can be you like you can be you. Um, and God, God didn't make you to be anybody else other than you. So be, be okay in your own skin, figure out what it is that you're good at and don't try to be good at what other people are good at. If you're analytical, be analytical. If you're mathematic, be mad. I mean, whichever you're good at, um, find that and be good at it. Um, the second thing I would say is like, you know, um, do some reading on, um, you know, well, that that spiritual piece comes into play. That's that's first and foremost the most important thing um, to be aware of. But then I think like from a from just a uh, a pen and paper piece, uh, trying to get figure out a way to get from A to B, figure out a way that you can climb. Uh, if if it's climbing co- competencies of uh, or hierarchies of competency or whatever you whichever way you want to put it. Figure out ways smart goes. I said that again. Write that down on this piece of paper. On a piece of paper, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive. Um, because the only thing that's this difference between a goal and an outcome is accountability. Bingo. Uh, make yourself accountable to something smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive, and to, and see what is specific, measurable this year, six months from now. It could be six months from now. It could be four months from now. Whichever, make those specific goals, um, and then and then act on those goals. Set the daily intention to act on those goals, mm. and don't stretch yourself too thin. Right, but stretch yourself thin enough. I guess you could say. Yep. Um, it's just like uh, and and then the last thing I, I swear, um, a, a lot of people give him flack for whatever reason, um, but he's phenomenal. Is Dave Ramsey? Um, Dave is. Um, try listening to some ways on Dave Ramsey on the Dave Ramsey podcast, because you will get so much rich content, not from just a financial piece, but there's mental health pieces. There is um, career choice pieces. There's, there's all these different experts on there. And he says that building wealth um, is, is not a microwave. It's like a, it's like a slow cook oven, put that money in your investment and let it sit in the little bitty everyday steps over time. You'll look up one day and you'll be like, wow, like, wow, I'm, how, how did this happen? 
Um, and a, a lot of that goes into being in your in your specific zone and just drawing, drawing, uh, doing the everyday. Sometimes it can be boring little things uh, every day that end up being did end up playing off in a big way. Mm. Um, so that would be my take on pieces. Bingo. Well, thank you, Zach. Those, those are golden nuggets. And I, I may, I may add, add some, add some closing statements here and then we'll, yeah. we'll log off and, and, uh, get yeah. to working on the podcast posting here. But yeah, Zach, uh, you know, I, I think it's those daily incremental things, habits daily. See, destiny isn't created in a vision statement. It's, it's created in intentional daily inputs what is in my control and what am i going to do every single day as a routine and a habit to work my way towards that goal so so many times we measure outcome measures in our in our work and those, those are important but outcome measures let's rather rather let's go to the leading measure what are the thing if i go every morning and i weigh myself and I, and I only measure my weight or my only measure my inches around, right? It, it's, I, I'm not doing, but, but if I really measure my caloric intake and I measure my calorie burn, that <laughs> would be a leading measure. And I measure, focus on measuring the leading measure. What am I mm-hmm. doing daily to stretch myself a little farther to, to, you know, maybe it's waking up a little bit earlier. I used to use the excuse, I, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out. So therefore, I was mm-hmm. literally 100 pounds overweight and almost diabetic. And I used the excuse, I don't have time. And then the Holy Spirit confronted me and, and mm-hmm. let me know, Jamie, what are you doing at 5 a.m.? I'm sleeping. <laughs> You've got time. You got to make it. So you know, but but as we go as we go over to the spiritual realm, I, I want to use this this verse to kind of button up button up our conversation. Yeah. And Paul yeah. Paul is being stretched here in this scenario in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. He's being stretched beyond what he thinks he can handle. And there's times that we, because God wants us to grow, is going to allow us to be stretched. Mm-hmm. So in Second Corinthians chapter twelve and verse nine. He's complaining to God and he's asking God to remove the stretch. Remove this stretch from me, please. I want to be comfortable. And this is what Jesus said to him. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength, my strength, not yours, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And, mm. then, and then Paul's response to that was most gladly, therefore, Will I rejoice with I rather glory in my infirmities, glory in my stretch, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then he says, therefore, I will take pleasure in my infirmities, my stretch, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Mm, that's good stuff. So, so if, if we can become, if we can learn just to, to, uh, to, to welcome the stretch enough that we can, we can boast in our weakness and say, Hey, I'm weak now. I'm broken down a bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rejoice because I know that the trying of my faith is working patience in me, which is going to make me stronger. So therefore right. the, the present and Paul said this another place. He said the, the sufferings of the present time, the stretch of the pre- the stress of the present time 
isn't worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed through Christ in me. So embrace the stretch. He ain't going to break you. He's going to help you to grow into what he's called you to be. And it may look different than what somebody else's calling is, but Mm -hmm. embrace that too. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Zach, amazing content. Thank you for sharing. Uh, oh, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll be able to tune again, tune in again. I'll see you probably yep. sometime next week. Yep, yep. And then for anybody listening, um, I, I strongly urge you to to listen, um, spend some times in the Book of Ephesians uh, because uh, that's 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 a good book that that's a good book of the Bible that really takes into uh, to contrast kind of the content that we were discussing today. So, um, but yeah, thanks for having me, Jamie. Awesome, good book recommendation there. Yep. Love you guys. It's a a lot of meat and potatoes. See y'all. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.